Hi, I'm Kalena Tano. And I'm Jane Frischia. And this is On the Other Foot, a no-holds-barred look at the world of dance. Each week, we bring you a podcast on nutrition, lifestyle, and mental health for regular people who happen to dance. Every Tuesday, we're going to take on a topic in the dance world that isn't spoken about enough and approach it honestly for our listeners. Isn't that nice of us? Okay, so today we come to you from inside a UC Irvine dance studio, and I have one of my dear friends with me. Her name is Carly Padilla. She is a junior dance major, so she's going into her third year, Um, and we are going to talk a little bit today, kind of continuing a conversation her and I had over the summer about our thoughts on dancing in a big company versus dancing in a small company post-graduation. Um, so Carly, if there's anything you'd like to say to introduce yourself. Of course. Well, first of all, I'm so glad to be here. This is awesome that we're even having this conversation. Um, I think it's great that we can have this like podcast as a way to just open up more discussions in the dance world that need to be, you know, had. Um, so this is really cool. Um, but yeah, as for me, I'm entering into my junior year, uh, here at ECI. It's crazy. Um, I've been dancing for about 15 years, mostly ballet, Um, and yes, it is my dream to get into a professional ballet company um, and dance professionally, so um, I'm just really excited for that. Um, And yeah, I got two more years left here at school, so it's really, really cool. Yeah, today was our first day. It was our first day together. (laughs) First and I, we finally have a class together, so yay. So fun. Okay, well... Are we just gonna? Yeah, get well, on just in? let's ask get you on the first in. Question. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> Carly and I, as I just said, know each other from school. Mm-hmm. Um, Carly was actually like the first person to reach out to me when I came here <laughs> freshman year. Um, and we, as I said, we were talking this summer. Um, we went out to get pressed juicery, like the good little so ballerinas good. we are, Ugh. and ended up talking um, about dance and kind of finding out that we had the same feelings toward um, ballet culture and dance culture in general um, and how we wanted to continue dance after college. Uh, and so, Carly, if you don't mind just kind of thinking back to that conversation, mm. can you give us a little look um, into your relationship with ballet and then some highlights of your time at UCI? Sure. Yeah, so for me, ballet has, well, it's definitely been a roller coaster, and I think it is for all of us who are in the ballet world. Um, sometimes it um, can be really harsh, honestly, but um, we do it because we love it at the end of the day. Um, and I think it's really important to remember that um, because I actually went through a really rough time. I think it was my like senior year of high school where... Just ballet was pretty rough as far as, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror all day um, and just seeing yourself in leotard and tights. And it's hard on the um, body image, but I was able to realize that, like, I'm doing ballet because I love it and um, I just want to keep myself, like, as healthy as possible. And there really is no point in trying to look a certain way because (laughs) our body's just going to do what it's going to do, you know? And it is beautiful, whatever it looks like. And also, like, the ballet world is becoming more diverse and inclusive of all body types, and I think that's so, so important. And um, it's awesome that we're finally um, opening up and not just (laughs) including stick-thin ballerinas. Um, Real people, real, like, bodies and strong dancers is so important but um 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, we're, we're yeah, nodding in agreement all... with Carly right now. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that a lot of us go through that period where mm-hmm. it feels very, you start to feel very hopeless and you get to, especially as you get older and as it, as you get less, you know, like as you get older, you get less dreamy about your whole life and things get mm-hmm. more real. And when the career gets really real and you start kind of coming in and having to have those conversations with yourself like am I do I still love this or am I just going through a hard time or is it the circumstances that I'm in you know and I think that a lot of people can relate to going through that and I mean I personally can relate to going through that it's a very like it's a career that you're very much always self-evaluating and I was Mm -hmm. thinking about it because I had just started, we just started our season this week, and I mm. was thinking about when I was driving home one day, I was like, man, I really just went from being, like, in the summer and just kind of hanging out, like, doing an internship, not looking at myself in the mirror all day, to literally 9.30 in the morning to 4 p.m. straight in the studio with a mirror in the front of it, and it's like, and I'm the kind of person, too, who, like, is obsessed with looking at myself in the mirror, so it's even worse <laughs> in that aspect, so... Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I think if you're in this career, I think we're all obsessed with looking at <laughs> ourselves yes. in the mirror. Yeah. We're all that type yeah, of person. Yeah, you would think that we would avoid it because of the um, negative impacts of doing so, mm-hmm. but <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So now we've talked a little bit about the pressure that dancers feel even when going to college to go somewhere mm-hmm. for the name, even if it doesn't fit you well. What is... Or what was your decision to go to UCI instead of going to a second company or a different university setting like? Mm, that's a good one. I So I actually was pretty set on going to college after um, graduating high school. Um, I was offered a trainee position at State Street Ballet. However, I felt like I needed to mature more as a person mm-hmm. and as a dancer uh, before like entering into the professional realm. Just because um, at the university, you not only gain so much more like more experience technically and more performance like opportunities, like you you get connections, you get to know people in your field, and those are the people you're going to be working with for the rest of your career in dance. And so that was really cool, too. And just learning all these things like taking care of yourself, um, (laughs) icing and like rolling out and all that good stuff. um, I think I wouldn't have been prepared just emotionally and mentally even coming straight out of high school into the professional world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I agree with that too. Yeah, I had the same thing when I was came out of high school. I did college auditions, regular just college applications for non dance majors, and I did auditions. And I got offered a traineeship too at Texas Ballet Theater, mm-hmm. and everybody around me was like, "You gotta take it, you gotta take it." But I yeah. was so like, <laughs> my gut was like, "You are not ready for that." Like I couldn't imagine living on my own at that right, point. So right. yeah. Very valid. Okay, so <laughs> piggybacking off of feeling like you needed to be mature as a dancer um, before going into a professional company, we had talked a little bit over the summer even about how strenuous it is to choose between college programs. Mm. Um, so can you talk a little bit about uh, what your like choices um, looked like at the end of senior year, why mm. you decided on UCI 
um, just kind of things like that. Yeah, for sure. So I actually totally wanted to go away for school. Like I wanted to get out of um, California and just go wherever. And um, I had several options actually, like Butler and Indiana. And um, as far as I totally could have gone that route, but I, when I actually went over there, um, I realized that it was actually really cold <laughs> over there, and I probably would not end up growing very much as a dancer and person over there if I hated being even just in that uh, environment. So I think <laughs> just the location was a huge thing for me for some reason, but also the training is very important and like the teachers and as far as um, different, I don't know, cultures as far as every university, like having different teachers and just methods. I felt like UCI was best because it offered modern as well as ballet. And it's pretty balanced here. Like they do have a really good ballet department, but they also have um, lots of modern here. And I really wanted that um, diversity so I could be a well-rounded dancer and it also really worked out because I can still live here at home, so that's always nice, um, saving money. <laughs> um, but yes, for me, what was most important about choosing um, different universities was um, the training and how I would be growing like as a dancer here, um, and UCI just seemed like the perfect fit for me. Yeah, I think that a lot of the stuff that you talked about was like really relevant and I'm really glad that you were able to find such good fit for what you were looking for. <laughs> you had mentioned to us that you feel that you would be happier in a small company than miserable mm -hmm. in a big one. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing some of the reasons you've become almost jaded to bigger companies and why you're more attracted to smaller ones? Mm, yes, this is a good one too. So for me, obviously, uh, it is my dream to get into a professional dance company. However, I've never really had this one company like ABT or like PNB or some big company like that in mind. Like I've never had like the dream company, like that's the one. And I think the reason for that is because I realized that when you're in one of those big companies, um, it is almost like you're fighting all the time to prove that you're good enough or to try and, you know, earn higher in the ranks or just get roles. And I think in that environment, I would not thrive um, versus a smaller company when it, it is more based on like, um, it's just easier as far as, you know, being technically like you, you can have relationships with the other dancers and it's not as competitive. Um, and also yeah. you're valued based on your um, actual dancing rather than on the shape of your body. And I think that's a huge thing for me because I know certain companies I would not be able to get into. It doesn't even matter like how well I can dance. I just, I'm not tall enough. I'm not the right yeah. proportions and that's totally fine. And I think I, would just love being in any company, just any position that I got as long as I was able to dance because I think wherever yeah. you go, you are seen like as valuable. And I think for me, I don't need the prestige of a bigger company. I would rather 
be in a smaller one, but still be fulfilled and um, be feeling like I am dancing for me and myself and not having, like, not have to worry about all of that stuff. So that answer is why my conversation with Carly over the summer made me just think, like, we have to have her on the podcast because, and I think um, with Allison, we had talked a bit about how education, um, when you're doing it at the same time as dance, really changes your mindset of things. And I think for me personally, the biggest mindset change um, coming to college was the difference between how much I focused on needing to be the thinnest Mm -hmm. to be able to dance professionally um, versus the difference between now thinking I need to be the strongest and really being allowed Mm -hmm. the freedom to figure out what makes me a unique dancer beyond my body. And so I definitely feel like not only have I gotten that out of school, but that I've gotten that just in talking with a lot of dancers our age, um, because there does seem to be a really big push in the ballet world right now. I mean, you can even see it in bigger companies. PNB yeah. is really mm-hmm. good about having diverse body types. Um, there is a push really uh, to be unique as a dancer and not just another real thin girl. And I definitely like respect that you need the freedom to be yourself as a dancer, mm-hmm. um, to be happy in a company more than you need the prestige of a name. Um, so that being said, um, as you've mentioned, you and I have both have, we've both had a little bit of experience professionally dancing, like at an entry level. Mm -hmm. Um, but can you talk to us a little bit more about the experiences you have had in the professional world so far? Um, and do you think that these experiences like have shaped your want to ultimately end up happier in a smaller company? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, Actually, my experience as far as professional, um, just performances, I have danced um, like Sugar Plum. It was during my senior year um, back at the studio, but we brought in um, Tigrin. He um, is now a principal dancer at LA Ballet, Um, but he was actually, he was an amazing partner, but I think, um, just dancing with him and understanding like more of where he was coming from, it was really cool to see, um, and just like understand like what we're going to be doing out in the professional world. Like it's not where you take classes every day, all day. It's so different from being a student, right? Like Mm -hmm. you take one class in the morning and then you do rehearsals. And that was what it was like preparing for Nutcracker that year. And I think I saw that and I was like, well, this is definitely different, but it's also really exciting. And I think it's just, yeah, it's part of that um, growth is the transition from pre-professional to professional. Um, And that was just a really cool opportunity. And um, I'm really blessed to have had that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think that um, definitely it's very interesting to transition from being a student to Mm -hmm. being a professional. Because like when I was in high school, I was super, super busy all the time. And like people were always like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're so busy. And (laughs) my freshman year when I was at UCSD, it was super busy because I was doing that and a traineeship. And it was just really wild. And then I got promoted and I kind of was like, oh my gosh, I just have to dance from nine to four. It's crazy. And then my school is online. What am I going to do with my time? Which turned into, 
I have so many things to do all the time now, but it's a very different busy feeling. It's not, I feel like when you're in high school and even when you're in college, a little less in college, but still the same. It's very like, I'm in class from this time to this time. So I have that Mm -hmm. whole part of my day blocked off. And then I'm going to dance from this time to this time. And this is my weekly schedule. And this is when I have free time. And it's always the same and it never changes. But now for me, like, I teach on Mondays and I teach on Fridays and I teach on Saturday mornings. I dance in the mornings. But then my evenings are unstructured busy time. So it's a very different kind of time management that I've had to learn how to do, that kind of loose, okay, I have this to-do list, when am I going to get all this done, like, am I going to take a day to rest, am I going to blah blah blah, do this, do that, like, I have those options, and it's kind of a nice transition, I think that it's very, you know, nice to be able to do that, I feel like it's a more, like, adult kind of time management. (laughs) Adulting. I know, it's like adulting, it's very, like, I am in control of my own body and where I am in space at all times, I don't have to legally go anywhere. That's (laughs) what I felt like packing my healthy snack for between classes, Mm because I go 11 to 5 straight Tuesdays and Thursdays, Mm, and it is that, like, I mean, not to complain about my schedule, you all should see Kalena's Google Calendar, it's, oh, Everybody. It's oh insane. My God. The Google Calendar is like a feature in every episode. I do bring it up every five minutes because it is the most stressful thing. I really liked, I kind of want to go back to the point that you made about um, like location and small companies. I think that really that's something that's very relatable. And I think that that's something that a lot of people can connect with is the fact that, you know, when you're a dancer and when you care about what you do, Sometimes I talk to people and they're like, oh, well, where would you make the most money? And I'm like, oh, well, probably at like an Agma company, like at a union company. And people go, oh, mm-hmm. well, where's that? And I'm like, oh, well, the closest one is uh, in Seattle and it's too big of a company. I would make it. And they go, okay, so where's the next closest one? And I go, um, Oklahoma City. And they're like, you're going to move to Oklahoma. And I'm like, and you're like, no, ma'am, I'm I'm not. (laughs) I'm like, I mean, no, I'm not. But if I get to dance, I mean, hey, I mean, what's the problem? Like, I feel like I feel like that's a kind of interesting dichotomy that we have in Mm -hmm. the dance world is very, especially in the United States. I mean, when you're in Europe, it's like I'm in Europe. Also, you get paid everywhere in Europe. True, true. But the U.S. is a little different. It's very, it's, I think, I feel like ballet in the U.S. is so much more sacrificial. Mm. Yes, 100%. Oof. Oh, yeah. It totally is. In, I mean, not to say that dancers in other countries don't sacrifice just as much as we do, but I think that we do a lot more cross like far cross country moves you know we sacrifice a lot more of our jobs a lot more like income we sacrifice a lot of our lives in the U.S. and you know the same with the body type issues is very it's also Mm -hmm. an interesting dichotomy that we have because I feel like a lot of dancers are coming up and we have a lot a lot a lot of dancers who grow up and go yeah this is my body i'm strong isn't that enough and we do have a lot of companies who are saying yeah that's enough come dance for us you're beautiful you're awesome but we also have a lot of companies still i mean big and small but there are people everywhere who do still subscribe to you know these more traditionalist mm-hmm. ideas and you know each year i meet new people and i see kind of 
I feel I hear a few more opinions of like, oh, well, this company is doing a really good job. They started this initiative, and I think there's a lot of small steps. But it's kind of an interesting wave that we're having, where there are a lot of dancers who believe that their body is enough, and that that's what they want to be on. They want to be on stage, and they want to do these things. And you know, I also feel like audiences are a lot more accepting too. I feel like there might be some people out there who are still would look at somebody in Swan Lake and go, oh, they need to get her off the stage. But I personally have never met anybody who comes to a ballet show and says that the person on stage needs to lose weight or something like that. But I mean, at the same time, we are still living in the world where some companies don't put dancers like that on stage. But I think that there is an interesting dichotomy between what dancers are pushing towards and what company management is pushing towards and I do think that we're starting to meet in the middle a little bit more but I think it's kind of cool that we're having this wave no it's definitely cool and it it does a lot of small companies do start initiatives like it is great to Mm -hmm. see bigger companies take um initiative and kind of set a forefront but from a I guess grassroots standpoint um smaller companies being generally looked at, um, as Carly and I understand, to be more accepting and to be more of a familial environment, um, do pave the way. And I also, it's interesting because someone was talking to me the other day about how when you teach dance, you are not only teaching dancers, but you're teaching the future audience Mm, of dance. And so even though some audiences and some companies, some companies still do subscribe to older ideas Mm-hmm. the more smaller companies and local teachers can push um, yeah. for a happier ballet environment, the more accepting mm-hmm. of a happier ballet environment the audience will be. Yeah, yeah. And I think that um, a lot of the moves that bigger companies make, like things like, oh, we have a huge partnership with this gym franchise. We have a huge partnership. We have these nutritionists, mental health like psychologists, psychiatrists, physical therapists, dietitians, like people, big companies have that in their budget to bring those people in. And the impressive part for them is that they're taking those parts of their budget and dedicating them to those areas rather than wherever they were dedicating them before, or maybe they're putting in more fundraising efforts. But I think that it's really especially impressive when Uh, to see smaller companies taking the same initiatives because smaller companies don't have those kind of things to just throw their money at, you know, like things like having a doctor on site, having a physician on site, having gym membership, paying for gym memberships, helping with these things are really difficult. So I do think that it's really impressive when I see or hear about or personally experience a company that is taking the initiative to provide its dancers a healthy environment is I think it's just really impressive because I know that those companies are small because they receive less funding and because their budgets are not as large as these larger companies but the fact that they're still willing to put money towards taking care of their dancers is really really important and probably one of the most impressive things to see from small companies. Okay, so before we keep going with this amazing conversation, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a little bit to keep talking about all the great stuff we've been talking about. Hey everybody, Kalena here. Before we keep going with this amazing interview, let's take a quick break to talk about On the Other Foot. 
I know, as if we haven't talked about it enough. On the Other Foot is currently entirely run and produced by two college students and funded by the little change in our piggy banks, as well as the generosity of our guests and contributors. If you'd like to support On the Other Foot, consider making a contribution by becoming a supporter through Anchor. You can become a supporter today by navigating to our Anchor page and clicking Support This Podcast. Your contribution supports conversations between dancers, teachers, and all regular people who are a part of the On the Other Foot community. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of this episode. So I think that's a good question for Carly, actually, is in knowing that you want to dance for a smaller company, do you, are you okay with knowing you're also going to have to give things up like, I don't know, the union stipulations, like (laughs) we have a five minute break at the top of every hour, we have a gym membership, we have where, where does the trade off, um, begin and end for you like what are you comfortable giving up and what would you like to see smaller companies um do to make their dancers feel in a more nurtured environment Mm, that's true i think like as dancers we're kind of accustomed to accepting whatever we're given because we realize that yes there's budget cuts and we can't have everything we want Um, like all this cross training and just yeah everything like that but I think we need to push more for things that we need as far as when we get injured like we need to push for more like standing up for ourselves like even like I need a rest or I need to go see a PT or something like that if you're in a smaller company obviously they can't um, some of them don't have PTs there and that's okay, but I think they need to at least, um, block time out for dancers where they can go out and get that. And I think sometimes if you don't have that time, there's no way to fit it in later. And so that's also where problems come in and where you can't just get help when you really need it. And so I think as dancers, we need to, um, help ourselves by pushing for, um, things Things like that yeah. that we need. I, like in my business major, I've taken like business communications classes and classes about, you know, relations and stuff like that. And a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, to be cliche. So mm. if you have a company and you're putting on incredible performances, but you have a community behind the curtain of just festering negativity and tensions and issues within your company, eventually that is going to come back to be a problem because eventually those donors and those sponsors are going to start noticing problems like that when tensions are high enough and I think that as our society becomes more progressive towards things like body image mental health therapy company relationships just in general those people in this society that is going more towards those things is the society that pays the money to buy tickets to every ballet company shows. And I think that something that ballet companies like ABT have really benefited from is saying things like, we're unionizing our company. I mean, that's a huge financial move, but just as a basic example, we're unionizing our company. We are promoting healthy dancers. ABT had their They did the Pride production where they, like, dedicated the show to their LGBT plus dancers. And I think that that is what sells tickets in today's society. That's where money is going to start coming from. 
And the sooner that companies start to realize that, I think that the better off we are going to start to become. Starting to take tiny little baby steps to fix those things is just going to create like a blossom from the inside out. And I mean, the grass is always greener on the other side, but oh my god. I've cliched twice, no, you that... guys. <laughs> I'm spiraling. <laughs> I think that this blossoming has yeah. already begun. And I think, I think it is a big reason that this podcast was inspired in the first mm-hmm. place. And it, it kind of came out of an experience. Like, our conversation over the summer yeah. came out yeah. of experiences oh, yeah. that we had had. And <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but this is definitely what you're talking about as far as the dance community, the dance audience, the people that fund dance, really leaning toward the more progressive aspects of society mm-hmm. that make um, environments more friendly toward the people inhabiting them, I think has already um, begun, which is really great to see. That's good. No, I think that audiences really do applaud that, like yeah. both literally and figuratively. Like when they see like ballet companies making steps toward change, they yeah. resonate with that because we are all, you know, we want acceptance mm-hmm. in so many areas of our lives. And I think it's just good to see these traditions being broken yeah. and making way for this much needed mm-hmm. change in so many aspects, not just in ballet, but in so many other areas. Yeah. So I just think it's really cool. And audiences definitely mm-hmm. see that. Um, and they're yeah, drawn and towards I think that, that. Yeah. And kind of going off of that, like when I tell people that I'm a professional dancer, they're like, oh my God, I want to come to your show. And it's not even really from a place of like, wow, ballet is just so pretty. And I just like watching the pretty colors. Like nobody is that simple. People kind of idealize like the life of a ballerina, you know, like it's like the reason why we follow celebrities on social media. It's not because we're just like, wow, pretty. Sometimes it is, but there's also the deeper, like we want that, like everything that we consume comes from a place of wanting to be a part of that thing and wanting an experience in relationship with that thing. And I think that ballet is very much like that. People really are interested in like the glamorous life of a ballerina and the more that we are able to tell people like yeah this has been so incredible like I'm having such a wonderful time like everybody is so nice like we as people empathize and want other people to be having a good time and want other people to be happy and want this like ballerina lifestyle to be a thing and the more that we create positive atmospheres in our companies the more that audiences will respond both socially and financially. And I think that just going that little extra step to show that your dancers are important to you, just like any company would take extra steps to show that employees are important to them. You know, it's typical. Right. It definitely does come from a place of care and dancers, especially non-unionized companies, aren't taken care of as much as even... Mm -hmm just like an entry-level minimum wage teenager has this job. Um, But going back on to what you kind of said about the lifestyle of a ballerina being idolized, um, the lifestyle, the idea of the lifestyle of a ballerina, I think has changed a lot because now you don't just have to have your career in American ballet theater and (laughs) San Francisco ballet. Um, Mm -hmm. So a question for Carly 
is there anything like what else are you hoping for out of life and do you feel that dancing in a smaller company is going to it's going to make the rest of life more accessible to you or do you have concerns that because even if you are dancing it is, your schedule doesn't really change if you're dancing in a big company or if you're That's dancing true. in a small company it's a similar um mm-hmm. output as far as how much you're giving to this profession um but you know people do want other things out of life like if you're if you're an accountant <laughs> yeah. you don't dedicate your life only yeah, to I mean, accounting yeah i mean yeah <laughs> i definitely have uh, my dreams for ballet but that's not my whole life like i've never like had dance as my one thing like that i eat sleep breathe dance like i have to have other things outside of dance because i I've had so many injuries in dance where I realized dance can be taken away from me just in one day and I can't put all my life in this one thing. And also I think you became, you become so much more valuable as a dancer if you bring to the table your outside experiences because I mean, if you're just in the studio all day, how much life experience are you really going to get, you know? Like, how... Being a dancer, like, we have lives outside of that, you know? I want to have a family when I grow up. I want to be a mom. Like, um, I want to connect with people. And, yeah, there's so many other things. And I, I think it's important to realize that you can be an amazing dancer and be in a company, but still have yeah. a life outside of dance. Yeah, and I think dance, that that's something you know? really important. And I think that that is something that I really consider. Going back to the location part again is, you know, there is always that chance that you could go to a company and just it's not a good fit for you. Just like you could get hired by a company yeah. and be committed to work there for a year or so. I don't really know how regular jobs work. I've never had one. But um, <laughs> you can be committed. You can be committed to We even talked to, to Allison about that. Yeah, we talked to Allison about this a little bit. You can be committed to work somewhere and not have the company be a good fit for you. And it's the same thing with ballet. Yeah. And I do think that if location were factoring into my decision to go to a company for any reason, it's because of that, because of the lifestyle. One of the reasons that I really, really love being in San Diego and that I really enjoy dancing with City Ballet is because um, just the location. And so many dancers that move here as well, mm-hmm. they say that too. They say, we, are, we our location is literally two blocks away from PB. And today I got out of rehearsal a little bit early. So I texted my friend who lives in PB and was like, do you want to go surfing after class? And literally drove down stuck my board in her apartment before company class did my rehearsal day amazing walked to her apartment grabbed our boards and surfed pb just like anything else you can have too much of a good thing and especially with ballet because it's so based off of performance and then it's done like you know you do so much so much so much and you have one weekend or two weekends or a month of performing something and then it's over you never I mean, not that you never dance yep, again. Just but like that. That's it. That's that's the whole. That's the whole thing. I mean, at school yeah. we get four days, and we legitimately do not ever yeah. dance it again because oh, it's ever. a lot of original sure. works. It's not rep. 
That's true. Well, some of it is rep, but uh, most of it is original yeah. work. A large portion. A large is just portion. Original, yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's really it. Yeah, it's very crazy. crazy. And I mean, even though we all love ballet and we all love our lives so much, if that is all I did, mm-hmm. I think I would go nuts. So I think oh, that it's. For sure. Yeah, we, we would, would all go crazy. Just insane. like anybody would. Yeah. Like Jane was saying, if you're yeah. an accountant, I mean, accountants kind of. Accounting is kind of all you do when you're an accountant, but if you're but you you don't go home home and then have to do more accounting like we go home and stretch and ice our feet and eat healthy vegetables and watch (laughs) ballet it's you it's not because it's not a job you can leave at the door Mm -hmm. it makes it even it makes the need for a more nurtured environment a more an environment that's more understanding of your entire person so necessary because it it is a job that comes with you in every aspect. I mean, you can you can't just look at someone and be like, "Oh, you're an accountant." But I just came from class, and two girls turned to me and went, "Oh, you look like you're and Claire Trevor. You look like you're a dance major." It's it's something you carry with you, no matter what. So, Carly, Jane. um, as a mature dancer now i would venture to say Mm. you are a mature dancer at least a mature soul um sometimes sometimes. (laughs) we're all we're all a little funny sometimes but we've had a pretty mature conversation about the sacrifices you have to make for a career in dance um are there any sacrifices that would just be too much for you that you would really turn your back on even a small company for and what do you plan on doing if you are one day hired by a company and you realize you are asked to make that sacrifice with which you are not willing to compromise Hmm. yeah that's really important now I think for me the main things are I'm not willing to compromise my quality of life as far as having time to myself where I can grow like as a human outside of the studio and not having a bunch of rehearsal times throughout the day. Um, and also that, um, I can put my body first, meaning like where I can actually rest for the day or at least advocate for myself that I need to go easier um, and not kill my body, um, as so many dancers are forced to do in companies nowadays, although it is becoming better now. Um, however, I feel like as a dancer, I've just, my whole life has been dealing with injuries and me getting injured because I was trying to please the director and, um, my teachers, um, and just doing it for them. Whereas I could have just listened to my body and just spoken up for myself, but I didn't have the guts or the knowledge to do that. Um, and so I'm not willing to compromise my body. If I have an injury or if something tells me that I need to stop, I would not continue even, my career in ballet if it were to compromise my body because my body affects my mental health too and it affects every aspect of my life it's not just the physical aspect like my actual quality of life is um you know it's impacted by that and I I have seen that in just my overall um health and I just think it's really important to, um, at some point you have to listen to what your body is saying. And 
I would not be willing to sacrifice that. Um, yeah, as far as my quality of life. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a great answer. answer. Yeah. That was an important answer. Yeah. Thank you for I saying totally that. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. One thing is, I think that there are people in this world who do abuse the power to tell people, you know, what they should look like and how they should act and how they should behave. And there is that that problem of, oh, that's that person's fault. It is sometimes that person's fault. But I also do think that it is every person's responsibility to look at themselves and look at their career and say, is this the right thing for me? Am I growing? Am I benefiting from this? And sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes it's really, really hard to face. But I think that as much as there is a push for companies to accept people and to support their dancers and I do think that that's super important I think that there's also a responsibility in us as dancers to start realizing and start promoting the idea that ballet is not your entire life like you do not have to do ballet forever just because someone tells you that you're not going to have a your quote air quotes not going to have a career because you need to lose 10 pounds does not mean that you have to lose 10 pounds It doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice that and you have to put yourself in that mental state for what you want to do because... And not everyone will ask that out of you. And sometimes it is just just a matter of finding Mm -hmm. the right right place. So with all of that being said, Carly, do you Mm. have anything you would like to leave us with? Um, I think that, um, honestly... Yeah, what we're talking about, not every company is going to be right for every dancer. Like, there is a place out there for you, like what you're saying. It just takes time to find it. And I think um, even closed doors are um, answers and they're beneficial because they just, it's just another opportunity. Like, okay, that's not it. Now on to the next thing. And, you know, we'll find out um, what the next option is. But that doesn't mean no from the whole world of ballet. Like there are so many different companies out there. And I think that's what's so great about it. And yeah, we have a diverse option. Um, you know, just so many options out there for us now. And um, that's what's so great about um, living now in this world of ballet that's changing still now and um, lots of positive changes are coming now and um, I think it's just really cool to be in that and we don't need to be as worried now um, like as far as um, body images um, and just different trainings and everything like there is a place out there for everyone and um you just need to go out there and put yourself out there and um mm-hmm. see what happens so thank you so thank much thank you so much carly that was such a good it was so fun to sit in the studio thank you helena this yeah, was awesome the world is a very large place there it is, is not just is the city true. that you are in right now, the company that you are in right now, the job that you are working right now, the school that you are going to right now, mm. what's going on right now. There There's so much, so true. much that you can do. And as I am getting older, I'm realizing that. And I really just wish that people would start to realize and start telling younger people that because it's so burdening to have to learn that too late and so many people learn it too late and it starts Mm -hmm. it starts Mm -hmm. with conversations like these so i know i'm just gonna throw this in there i ra'd for abt um over the summer and i met a lot of really sweet girls and when i started 
this podcast we went we went wow when we went public with it um a lot of them shared with me that they were looking forward to it because they they want yeah. advice from older dancers mm-hmm. so if you are an older dancer or even if you're 12 13 you know have these yeah. conversations with your friends like carly is just yeah. my friend from school yeah. and Carly's we have friend. these conversations and it opens up your eyes um, and it it, it helps yeah. your mental state yeah. too. It really does to just have yeah. these conversations. Yeah. You're not alone in thinking things. These things like everyone else is wondering, and we all have questions. And it's so helpful to discuss these, and we get so many different perspectives. And it's just so important for us as dancers to keep the conversation yeah. going. Yeah. So yeah. Do you do you have any social media you want to plug? Um, sure. My Insta. <laughs> Uh, I actually don't even know my username. We're going to look it up real Let's fast. Look it up. I know it's Carly Padilla. I think it's Carly underscore Padilla. I think that's what it is. Um, you know, I am not a huge social media person. It doesn't hurt. Um, but yes, actually, I was right. Carly, Carly underscore, underscore Padilla. K-A-R-L-I underscore P-A-D-I-L-L-A. Go Ooh, follow her. She's yes, cool. Hey, reach out to me. DM me if you have any questions. I would love yes. to answer them and yeah. all right thank, thank you, you so Carly. much Carly. thank you so much for having me thank you for thank making you so this much happen to our guest that was awesome carly uci Yay. junior mm-hmm. prospective ballet professional extraordinaire and oh, amazing yes. guest with lots of That's incredible things title. to say yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well thank you so so much mm-hmm. for talking with oh, us it you. was awesome Listeners, we hope that you guys really enjoyed this, and remember that we are in a very big, wide world, and ballet is a big, wide world, but there is an opportunity for everybody out there, big or small. So yeah, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of On the Other Foot. We want to connect with you on days other than Tuesday, so be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at otherfoot.pod. And visit our website to learn more about how On the Other Foot started and join our mailing list. If you have any questions for me and Jane, or would like to suggest a topic or guest, email us at ontheotherfoot.podcast at gmail.com. And please, subscribe. It makes a huge difference to us. We want to offer you all discount codes and annoy you with sponsorship ads, and we cannot do that unless you subscribe. So please, do it now. And above all, thanks for listening. It really means a lot to us. We hope you tune in to On the Other Foot next week for more conversation on the world of dance.